threatens to take down the entire system. The judges are in on it. Um, I would, I have taken Elaine to task though in this cash for kids scheme that I was originally named in. What's up, everybody? My name's Athena, and you're listening to Vanished in the Valley. What you just heard was just a small little excerpt of about a 45-minute meeting, the GALS, the Guardian Ad Litems for the St. Louis County, Missouri Family Circuit Court System. We're having, after a suit was filed against them, claiming that there was a cash for kids scheme being run by these courts and that Elaine Pudlowski, Dr. James D. Reed, who is a psychologist, and others were basically running these families through the ringer, through these court systems, just to enrich themselves. The suit that Evita Tolu filed basically is stating there are judges involved, there's these lawyers involved, there are the gals involved, the guardian ad litems, who are attorneys and officers of the courts. And it's basically, at this point, had 31 judges recuse themselves from the case. And it's been brought all the way up to the Missouri Supreme Court. So, where is the mainstream media coverage of this case? Why isn't this all over national news? This has been going on for years, and there's over about 15 attorneys that are backing up what Tulu has said in her case. But these attorneys want to remain nameless because they feel like this little group of attorneys, gals, and judges are basically too powerful. And if they speak out against them, then their career is going to suffer. It's almost like, fuck your career. What's right and wrong? They're traumatizing these kids. They're putting them back with known domestic abusers, alleged sexual molesters of children, all to get money. Ludwaski at one point in this uh, 45-minute Zoom meeting the gals had, says she hasn't been enriched by these cases, but she lives in a $900,000 house in Missouri. So, I mean, I, at first that didn't really ring any bells with me. A $900,000 house really isn't shit here in California. But as Garrett was telling me, $900,000 will buy you a chunk of a fucking house out in Missouri. But she claims she has not been enriched. So basically, they're just alleging there's a large network of law firms working in conjunction with each other on the same family court case, each representing one of the parties and allegedly promising to have you and your child's best interest at heart. But, like I said on the last episode, all they want to do is pit the parties against each other and drain the person with the smaller bank accounts complete, just all their money. They want to drain it. They're trying to enrich themselves. And at the point where the one party is completely broke, then they finally get a settlement. So this apparently has been going on for over 10 years. And since journalism seems to almost be lost with the mainstream media, it took small little investigative journalists from PJ Media, from the Daily Docket News, just fucking digging in and getting 
whistleblowers, essentially, to turn this information over them. The Zoom meeting, they never intended that to be public, but somebody leaked it. And now you can look at it. It's all on YouTube. All of this stuff has been leaked. There's a video leaked of the judge admonishing this child that I told you about in the last episode who's begging not to be put back with her father, who she is alleging sexually assaulted her. So what is just going on? Like, why why has this gotten so out of hand? Why are there so many of these greedy little fuckers involved in it? And why isn't the mainstream media picking up on any of it? That's what I want to know. So I'm going to tell you a little bit more about some of these charges, some of the people involved, and some of the unfortunate victims that have been kind of affected by this. So sit back, get ready for this. Are you So you can get kind of an idea of what's going on here. I'm going to read you an excerpt from one of the attorneys that want to remain anonymous, but are backing up to lose case. So here we go. I've seen case after case where literally no evidence was allowed from one parent to refute false statements by the other parent that were merely hearsay, unsupported by any evidence. The family court judges are pulling their custody decisions out of thin air on advice of corrupt guardians ad litem like Podlowski and pseudo-psychologists like Reed masquerading as trained evaluators of family interactions. Reed told my client that he's married to the almighty and powerful judge Lawrence Mooney, who sits on the Court of Appeals, and that my client would be foolish to challenge Reed's opinions. Podlowski bragged to my client that she's Larry's friend and that they spend holidays together. Podlowski told my client that if she did not do exactly what she was told, Podlowski would make sure my client only sees her children for one hour a month with strict supervision. If this is not child trafficking, then what is? I strike her from my cases immediately. And that's from Attorney E, St. Louis Domestic Relations Attorney with 24 years practice in family law. And there's letter after letter from different attorneys coming forward supporting what Evita is saying, but too afraid with the atmosphere in this little county to actually come out and use their name. That's got to kind of suck, like... I get it. You have to choose between your fucking, your money, your, your livelihood and what's just fucking right as a human being. Fortunately, too many people don't understand the difference between right and wrong and how far they should go to support what's right over wrong. And that's how we get shit like this going on for 10 years. How we get families torn apart, kids stuck with abusers, all so greedy-ass lawyers and corrupt judges can enrich themselves. I mean, they're alleging this large network of law firms, judges, this false psychologist, they're saying all these people are working together. They're saying it's been going on for years. But why? Why was it allowed to go on this long? Why is it now just that some little fucking daily newsletter and pjmedia.com 
why did it take them digging through it to support this person, support everything she's saying? Why? I don't understand. So we're going to go on a little bit and I'll tell you about another case. So the last episode, I was telling you about Judge Nicole Zellweger and the way she was treating a child that was coming to her with allegations of abuse. And that girl had actually recorded that interaction and turned it over and it became public. And ever since then, that judge, Nicole Zellweger, has been recused. But she she and Elaine Podlowski are the ones being sued for the role in what looks like the massive collusion and corruption in this circuit county court system. But they're not the only judges that seem to be fucking dirty little bastards here. We got Judge Douglas Beach and Judge Aaron Burleson, who seem to have skeletons in their closet. For instance, Beach is a former judge on the St. Louis County Circuit Court and now works at JAMS, a mediation company that Zellweger orders petitioners in her courtroom to use at the price of $1,200 down and $450 an hour. A whistleblower attorney in St. Louis contacted PJ Media confidentially to tell the public what is really happening in St. Louis courts. This attorney, with 10 years of experience, told PJM, quote unquote, if a litigant cannot pay the amount ordered, a judge has contempt power to strike all the litigants' pleadings from a case. So in other words, if you can't pay for justice, you're not getting it. Is that what you thought justice was in America? Well, yes, that is kind of what I thought justice in America was. It's been like that for a long time, based upon money. If you've got hella money, you can basically get away with murder most of the time. It seems like due process is kind of a going hand in hand with, can you pay thousands of dollars? And then now let's move on to Judge Erin Burleson. She is kind of an interesting figure. She's the daughter of St. Louis City Circuit Judge Rex Burleson. St. Charles County whistleblowers told PJ Media that Burleson was a Democrat when she lived in St. Louis as an attorney. But then she moved to St. Charles County, which is super conservative, and ran for a judge as a Republican. The Swamp only has one allegiance, and that's allegiance to the Swamp. The parties are irrelevant. That seems to go hand in hand with Democrats and Republicans. They just want power. They don't give a fuck about Democrat, Republican. They say whatever they have to say to get what they want and where they want to be. So this chick, this judge, actually took a picture of herself. And this is the caption. Throwback to this time of year on the best trip. I won't take trips with loved ones for granted anymore. Although, I don't really mind the social distancing policy. And in this picture, it's her. There's a bunch of alcohol bottles in front of her. But she seems to have a really complicated personal life. In this picture, the county prosecutor, Tim Lomar, is in it. Apparently, they have some sort of a personal relationship. And personal as in... Apparently, they're probably having sex. At one point, this guy was arrested for coming to her house, banging on her doors. All the charges were dropped, and he did this groveling apology that went, 
I sincerely apologize to Judge Aaron Burleson for my conduct. I acknowledge that my actions were irresponsible and I'm taking necessary steps for self-improvement. I am truly sorry to have caused pain to Miss Burleson, her family, and others who may have been affected. Yeah, the fuck right. Who wrote that fucking nonsense? And I can't believe he thought anybody would actually buy that bullshit. So, I mean, he just got off on the charges. Nothing actually happened. And, you know, everybody went on with their lives. Nobody thought it's fucking weird that a judge is banging the prosecutor. I mean, isn't that fucking conflict of interest 101? So, it's just like, this whole court system over there needs to be cleaned the fuck out. It sounds like all of these judges, all of these lawyers... A, need to be fired, and B, somebody needs to go through this shit with a fine, what is it, coat, fine, tooth comb. <laughs> thank you, baby, a fine tooth comb, and bring charges up against them, because now for decades, it seems like they've been victimizing these families and the children, and they need to try to get some money back for these people, like I told you. Evita Tolu paid $71,000 on orders of the gals and the fucking lawyers and the judges in her case. She's like, how jacked up does justice have to be in this country? And why doesn't the mainstream media care at all that all of these judges are like corrupt, working with lawyers, uh, having sex with prosecutors? What the fuck is going on in Missouri, guys? So since this story broke open, Apparently, the PJ Media has received countless emails from victims and whistleblowers that it's going to take several months to get through them and actually report back in all of them. So whoever is in charge of investigating the Missouri Judiciary, uh, a.k.a. Senator Tony Aludemeyer, you better get started because it looks like this shit is incoming and it's not going to go away anytime soon. In the last part of their whole investigative series into the circuit court of St. Louis County, they bring up a judge, Michael Burton, who is presiding judge of the 21st Judicial Circuit Court. And he has apparently been implementing COVID precautions so severe, the county sheriffs are being told not to evict people, even if they're drug dealing criminals endangering the lives of St. Louis County residents, according to eviction attorney Matthew Chase of the Chase Law Firm. So apparently what had been going on, uh, there's some fucking knuckleheads in this apartment complex that are straight up just blatantly dealing fentanyl. And it's not like alleged. It's like they've been fucking caught doing it. And there's seniors in this place. There's little kids in this place. And the attorneys have asked this judge to make an exception to get these people evicted because of the total disregard of the other residents there and selling fentanyl, which everybody knows is super fucking dangerous. The tiniest amount, you know, the, the amount of a, a grain of salt is enough usually to overdose a grown ass man. And if this shit gets in the air, if it gets skin contact, oral exposure, all of that can cause an overdose. But Judge Burton has denied the request of the attorneys to make an exception to get the drug dealers evicted. He keeps putting it off by a month. And 
His excuse is he wants to get the sheriff's office vaccinated before they start doing evictions again. But it's like, come on, these are just two people and you are making it so they can't get this drug dealer out of the apartment complex. So this judge not only just allowed these fucking fentanyl dealers to stay in the apartment complex, he has got some other shit going on in his background. He's been reported to have engaged in ex parte communications with the Guardian ad litem and offering to help them in the lawsuit that would be going before his court. This email is the one that led to the recusal of the entire 21st Judicial Circuit Court. So it sounds like from the bottom to the top, the center out, this whole court system is corrupt and none of the media is talking about it. These families are getting fucked over. And I fucking promise you guys, if this shit is happening in some little bumfuck county in Missouri, it's happening other places. And other families and other kids are being victimized, all for money. It's ridiculous. I'm gonna, I'll try to keep looking into it and see if there's other reports coming out of other courts in different areas. And see if it's something similar going on. Because I know similar tactics are being used out in Contra Costa County. And it's like they're just putting these parents and kids in terrible positions. For money. I just I fucking even... I, I can't. I don't get it. And I also don't get why all of these attorneys are such fucking pussies that they don't want their names attached to the whistleblowing statements. Basically saying these people are blatantly breaking the law and putting money above these people's livelihoods, like these fucking children's well-being, and they just want to be anonymous? It's like, get a fucking backbone and stand up for what's right. People really that fucked up nowadays, they just will, oh, sorry, I'm just all worried about my livelihood and my money that I can't stand up for what's right. And I fucking, I think that's how it is, unfortunately. But, I don't know, guys, it's all fucked up, but this is your mini little bonus episode kind of tying up what's going on in St. Louis County in Missouri. So hopefully we get some positive updates when this case goes to the Supreme Court in Missouri. If we get some updates, I will definitely let you guys know what's going on. But until then, be aware and don't forget your pepper spray. Ciao, ciao. If you would like to become a producer and support Vanished in the Valley, you can go to Cash App and search for Vanished Athena, or you can go to the episode description, scroll down, and look for a link that says Support Acast Vanished in the Valley. Click that link and it'll bring you to a page where you can show us some love. Are you lost?